Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones because the show is about to start. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Rick Blaine is an award-winning film critic featured on thebigscreen.net.org and has been highlighted on over 75 unreleased independent film posters in less than 12 different countries. Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Doc Blitz. How am I going to start this podcast? Oh, lordy, lordy. There are so many ways that I could start. I could try something comedic. How about Happy New Year? I could. Oh, that's right. This is our first podcast for 2024. It is. Welcome, movie fans, to the future. If you were trying to listen to the first episode (laughs) in 2023, too late. We've crossed the barrier. The future is now. It is Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. I'm Dave Brooks. I'm Joel Hoover, and we're glad to be back with you. And a great spot to see these great upcoming movies in 2024. I do think 2024 is looking better than 2023, even post-strike. I've got optimism. And a great spot to see those movies would be at our sponsor location, the Bemidji CEC Theaters. They're right off of Highway 2 between Bemidji and Wilton. Most people that listen to this podcast are in the Bemidji area. They'll know where that is. Those of you that are listening from Zimbabwe, we actually have people that download this in Zimbabwe. Wow. Come on over to America, come to Bemidji, and check out the CEC theaters, American style. We recommend that you come and visit during the summer. Yes. That's the especially nice time to come visit. Yes. Unless you do like winter a lot. But yeah. Highway 2, just down from the airport, that's where the Bemidji Theater is located, and they've got some great specials that they do there uh, with their Tuesday night movies, $5.50, that's all you pay for a movie on Tuesdays. Of course, if you are related to the schools in some way, if you've got a student ID or a teaching ID for for the high school, for the college, you can come for a discount on Thursdays as well. And, of course, make sure you stop by the concession stand there and grab a snack on the way in. The renovations last year were a really big deal at the Bemidji Theater, and they have just Still been— Still feels new. It's, it really does. I mean, it's just fantastic how nice those renovations are that have been done in there. So come on out and check it out. The Bemidji Theater is the place to be here in 2024 for catching movies. So we're going to get to our topic here soon enough. Uh, No need for spoilers necessarily, but uh, just something for the future. We frequently will talk about spoiler things, but for today's episode, not so much. We do have a couple of topical things here as 2024 is getting going, and in just roughly a month from now, the Academy Awards will be coming forward, and they're going to pay homage to the best of 2023. The Oscar nominations just came out yesterday. Some surprises, some non-surprises, and some big, big snubs. Who were your thoughts with this? Well, let's start in the positive. Who was who did really well with the nominations? Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Well, 13, right? Yeah, 13 nominations for Oppenheimer across many categories. Of course, best, best picture, best director, acting categories, best actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress. Um, and then and on we've the techni- called it. We're calling Killian Murphy's going to win Best Actor. We've already said it, right? I I think we're both feeling pretty strongly about it. Same for Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. for Best Supporting Actor. Emily Blunt is up for Best Supporting Actress. That might be a little bit tougher in that category. Um, technical side of things, Oppenheimer is up for a ton mm-hmm. of awards as well, as Christopher Nolan's movies typically are. One of the big questions does revolve around Christopher Nolan. Is this finally the year for him in the best director and best picture categories? I can't think of a reason why it's not. I mean, Oppenheimer, and I love every movie he's ever done. Um, I, this is as good as anything he's ever done. And it just captured everybody. Yeah, it was tremendous. Now, the Oscars in the past few years have had a tendency to spread out who wins awards, wouldn't you say, Dave? Not always. In recent years, especially. Yeah, maybe it's saving it up for something. Possibly. There's, you know, there was something about this last summer, not just Oppenheimer, but Barbenheimer. There, it, this just captured in a way that hasn't been seen ever, maybe since. We'll see. Maybe ever since. So if it captured the hearts and minds like that, maybe it'll capture the voters as well. Poor Things had 11 nominations. Killers of the Flower Moon did very well with 10. Barbie picks up eight nominations. Maestro had seven. So that was all in the positive. Now, on the flip side, there was controversy and there were some perceived snubs, especially related to Barbie, because Greta Gerwig is not up for Best Director 
and Margot Robbie is not up for Best Actress. And with other awards that have been out there, the Golden Globes, some of the other awards that have already been starting to be handed out and nominations for other awards and stuff, it's been rather common that they have been in the running for those awards, but not for those Oscar categories. You know, it's every year there's the uh, the nominations come out and there's always snubs. There's always going to be a snub and that's, you know, you'd like to award everybody and that's the thing. But then you get to the point where it is beyond a snub. It's almost criminal. And then there's the worst of the worst. They will never live it down. It is still what Shakespeare Love won Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan. That that was over 20 years ago, and it is still a topic of conversation. The snubs, particularly for Greta Gerwig, at the tippy top of that mountain, and uh, you got to give it to Barbie herself too. But this was about as big a snub as you can get, I think. But on the flip side, then there was a surprise related to Barbie, and that was America Ferrera receiving a nomination for Best Supporting Actress. So then you get some of those kinds of surprises that get thrown in there too where it's like wow okay didn't see that one coming either none of that stuff happens not the pop culture appeal not the i mean obviously she's up for the writing and that's awesome as well she should be but i mean it all comes together under the helm of the director in this case she clearly was the hand on the tiller from the get-go and made it happen into something that is i mean let's face it if a lot of executives had it their way it would have been a straight-up barbie movie but this was something special. This was something different. This was all Greta Gerwig. Uh, writing is nice. Director is what's deserved. That's one of the bigger snubs I can remember. Yeah, it was a really, really surprising one that so the, came through. And the actual ceremonies, I don't know the date off the top of my head. When is that coming up? It's either late February or early March. It will be Sunday, March 10th okay. for the 2024 Oscars. All right. That's right. We have to wait a little bit longer. Like That's been kind of the case here in recent years that the Oscars have been moved back a little bit further in terms of when they they end up taking place. But, yeah, March 10th is when it will be. So we will continue to keep an eye out on that. It's always interesting when award season rolls around, seeing how different awards get handed out and presented. We've already seen that with the Golden Globes coming along, and that's that's kind of kicked off award season. And we'll see if there are any trends that, that lead to how things might play out with the Oscars. We might have to do an Oscars-related episode perhaps a little bit later. but might make, make sense. Uh, one thing I like about the nominees is, is there's always going to be a couple that are, I never heard of this person or this movie. I mean, in some Oscar years, that's kind of like dominant. But this year, it's they're all pretty much the forefront, and that's not to say that they're nominating the popular movies. It's the movies that were crafted, let's say, they were front and center to the point that they were in the public consciousness, and that's marvelous. You don't always want to hear about some obscure movie you never heard of that's expected to sweep at the Oscars. What? Who? What? Huh? It's nice that it's all the big ones got notification. Yeah, it is nice. It, it's like, hey, I've actually been to see that yeah. one. It feels that way a little bit more. By the way, a few other dates to keep in mind if you want to maybe get an idea of how the Oscars will play out, although this is never a guarantee based True. on how these awards go, but the British Academy Film Awards Awards, the BAFTAs, they're going to be on February 18th, and the Screen Actors Guild Awards, that's going to be on February 24th, uh, that the Screen Actors Guild Awards will be given out the, S- the SAGs. They sometimes give a little bit of an indication of how the Oscars will play out, but the Academy Awards tend to throw some surprises in there, as we've been reminded with the nominations. The Globes are kind of controversial, but they, the BAFTAs and uh, the SAG together, they can very much, and not always, but often, act as a compass rose. That's right. All right, so that's about the latest right now in terms of what's going on currently with film. Uh, of course, the nominations uh, get a lot of attention with that. Today, Dave and I are going to talk about something that's pretty near and dear to our hearts because we are very much of similar mindsets when it comes to this topic today. It, it's a little bit of a... A little bit of a theoretical one in some ways, Dave. Yeah, it's a little bit open world, but this was your idea, so present it to us a little bit here of what we're going to be getting into. We're talking about power to the consumer in a lot of ways. This is the most brass tax way I can get it to come down to. Now, what we're going to talk about is just one chapter in a book. I mean, this can be applicable to music. This can be applicable to um, TV, of course. This is certainly into even things that have nothing to do with entertainment. What kind of printer you're going to have at the house? What kind of coffee pod you're going to have for your coffee maker? If you have heated seats in your car, if you want them to work, 
it's you know it's getting to the point where things are so nuanced looking for every dollar you can get that it gets to the point where it's getting a little ridiculous. So one of the big things about this is as a movie fan, and we're just going to really try to keep it to the movies, but like we said, this could really cover a lot of bases. To have physical media, for one, gives you the power of you can control what you want to have. You can watch what you want to watch. But rapidly, that is disappearing. Rapidly, the availability to play physical media is slowly disappearing. At some point, the final DVD player ever being built will be built. And at that point, you're kind of at the mercy of others. Being able to stream is a wonderful thing, but it also really limits what your options are. And it is also something that is... um, it takes there's so many things that we're just kind of getting started with that takes the power away from you as to what you want to watch and how you want to watch it rather than have all the options be we're going to present it to you in a way that we want to present it to you and that's it. So let's start this with somewhat of a current event item. This is going back now a couple of months, but of course we talked last year about Oppenheimer and there was a lot of attention to Oppenheimer because of its success at the box office as this historical epic film. That was released, but of course with a big director and Christopher Nolan and a lot of big stars involved with the movie. And it was a technical marvel as well. And of course with the Barbenheimer phenomenon of its release simultaneously with Barbie. But what followed then beyond that was something else that was rather startling. That came along late late last autumn when it hit Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD. Oppenheimer sold out almost immediately among consumers who wanted to have their own copy of the film. I remember I went into a store here locally after it had come out, and I couldn't find it. I was like, where is it? I I thought it was going to be around here. I ended up waiting a few weeks. I only just bought it recently. I was like, I thought it would be in here by now, but it was gone. Apparently, The 4K Ultra HD version of Oppenheimer sold out in its first week at major retailers, according to a BBC story. Yeah, and it was worldwide, including Amazon. It sold out. This was such a big deal that Universal, which was the production company for the film, released a statement saying they were trying to replenish the stock of Oppenheimer as quickly as they could. And apparently, limited edition copies of the of the film were going for as many as $200 on eBay, Ooh. is what the BBC put out here. Like, getting a hand on the hard copy actually mattered to people. This was actually a big deal about it. And in many ways, it was fitting that it was Oppenheimer that had this be the case. Because Christopher Nolan, its director, has been very passionate about... Not the, the intrinsic qualities of films, of movie going, going back to even during the pandemic, and having the film itself. Prior to its release, Nolan encouraged fans to do this, quote, to embrace getting, quote, a version you can buy and own at home and put on a shelf so no evil streaming service can come steal it from you. That was his quote exactly. of what he said. Here's what else he said to the Washington Post, quote, There is a danger these days that if things only exist in the streaming version, they do get taken down. They come and go, as do broadcast versions of films. So my films will play on HBO or whatever. They'll come and go. But the home video version is the thing that can always be there, so people can always access it. And you and I have a great appreciation for that, Dave, for many different reasons. I agree with everything you said. Um, I like... I like having the options to do these things. I might, for some reason, later today, get it into my head that I want to watch fill in the blank for whatever reason. Maybe there's a, a new one. The part seven is coming out. I want to see part one through six. You know, and It might not be streaming, or it might be streaming on a streamer that I don't subscribe to. All right, so there's the exclusivity thing, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here coming up. I want to watch it. I want to watch the director's cut. I want to watch the behind-the-scenes stuff because there's scenes that are in the, the director's cut that are not in the theatrical. So if it's on TV, I don't want to see all the cussing cut out of it because it's never edited well. I want to see my version, and I want to watch it tonight. Quick sidebar to that. I've been trying to convince Dave that he needs to watch the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven and that that might change his opinion on that film because Didn't like he's that never movie. seen the director's cut of it before. I need to be. I saw the director's Zack Snyder 
Snyder cut of Snyder versus uh, Justice League, and that's four hours of my life I'm not getting back. I was going to see that movie one time. I saw the better version of it, and I like the fact that I had that option, and I like the fact that Max streaming service has both. Awesome. But for how long? You know, what's that What's that window of exclusivity? And if yeah. you don't have Max and you don't have the budget, well, just subscribe to another one. Yeah, 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 money, money, money. I'd like that option. I'll put down the 20 bucks or whatever it is to get it on DVD, and I'm done, and I've got it forever. When I want to watch it, I'll watch it. And the more fun, well, we'll get into those other parts. I've got two more quotes I want to read okay. from this story and from two other directors as well, two other big names. First, James Cameron. He has said, quote, the streamers are denying us any access whatsoever to certain films. And I think people are responding with their natural reaction, which is, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to watch it anytime I want. Speaking to what you just said, Guillermo del Toro said on Twitter, on X, previously known as Twitter, it's still quote, Twitter. if you own a great 4K HD, Blu-ray, DVD, etc., etc., of a film or films you love, you are the custodian of those films for generations to come and a lot of people replied to that posting photos of their dvd collections that they have you have a massive dvd and blu-ray collection dave i have a dvd and blu-ray collection i have seen other friends uh, when i've gone over to their houses i've seen their collections that they have there seems to be in spite of this change going the streaming route despite this change of best buy no longer selling hard copies of blu-rays and dvds there seems to be more of an understanding among people that they are indeed able to be custodians of these things that they would like to watch and this media that they would like to have and understanding that they can do that by buying the hard copy. The simple thing of buying the hard copy that people are starting to understand that in this time of the streaming wars. I'm optimistic that it is going to go that way. I mean, LPs disappeared for a long, long time. And now you can go back into any big store, there's LPs for sale. They're not selling DVDs or Blu-rays as much as they used to, but you could buy a vinyl record album in 2024. At big retailers. At a major retailer, not some specialty, you know, know, forget the name of those stores that used to do that. But yeah, it's, it's something. So I believe that this is going to make some sort of a circulatory comeback. I do like the options. And it might be happening in front of us well, I right think, now. Well, they're going to have to figure it out by, by the time that eventually they're going to nickel and dime everything and watch the revolt happen because it will come because it's already in some ways coming. So when they say, I want what I want and I want it my way, well, then and only then when money talks will it come back around. So those people don't tend to be very long-sighted. Otherwise, this stuff would never go away. Options are always the better option rather than we're going to do it just this real narrow box and you're going to pay extra to get it. Well, you have a prime example that you have brought up related to this topic, and it pertains to Star Wars, which you and I absolutely love. But there's an issue that comes with this, like with this whole idea of getting it through streaming and the way that the company or the director involved presents it to you the way that they want it to be through streaming and the way that that can narrow cast what you get to watch with it, right? It can get controversial. Uh, One of the better examples was Star Wars because, you know, the original whatever was seen on the screen the first time it came from the late 70s to early 80s, that for many people was what Star Wars was. I mean, you can go back to the time when there was no episode four. It just was Star Wars. That's it. And then the, the words, no episode four, a new hope, none of that. You could not see that as soon as it got re-released into theaters about the time of The Empire Strikes Back. It just was a version that didn't exist anymore. Then George Lucas did special editions, and he kept tweaking them. I don't want to see the tweaked versions. I mean, that's nice, but I want my version. Nope, nope, nope. There's an argument to be made about this is not the studio per se. This is the artist's intention. I want you to see the version that I want you to see because I made it. All right, there's an argument to be made about that on both sides. I can see light on both sides. But it's another thing if something gets... Um, let's just say, for example, Oppenheimer. Let's say, for whatever reason, some particular scene gets to be, well, it's a controversial movie anyway. Well, let's just say some particular scene is so controversial, ah, we can't permit people to see this, and it just gets excised from all versions of all movies that you want to see. I want to see the movie that I saw in the theater. I remember that scene, but you can't see it on, I'm making this up, but there's nothing to stop it from happening. If you get the actual copy of the DVD, you're going to get it. Um, for example, the rights to the movie, Kevin Smith's uh, movie Dogma, still exists with the Weinstein Company, as in Harvey Weinstein. Nobody wants to touch that movie with a 10-foot pole because they'd have to deal with Harvey Weinstein's 
company or estate or however it works, but he's got the rights. Nobody wants to pay him even to get a movie out from under him. So what happens to that movie? It just kind of, in a way, doesn't exist anymore unless you happen to be like me because I know where I can get a copy of it on DVD because it's in my basement right now. If I wanted to watch it or loan it to somebody who's just discovered Kevin Smith, I can do that. Hoove and I will do that. Did you see the such and such? No, I didn't. Well, let me loan it to you. You'll we love have it. We each loaned films to each other, yeah. and we have enjoyed that a lot. Those yeah. of you that are on the younger side, this is a social element. That, that Going to see a movie in the theater in the first place is a social thing, especially when it's opening night. Everybody that's there really wants to see it. It's the midnight show. You're all, yeah, you're best friends with someone you don't even know 20 minutes Dressed ago. Dressed up in my best James Bond suit yes. to go see Skyfall, which I did when I was in college. It was the same thing when it was out on video. You'd get somebody that didn't see it. Guys, come on over to the room. We're going to do the such and such. Or you'd loan it to somebody. Oh, you've got to see this. Before you see this one, you got to see the first one or something along those lines. It was a social thing that now has gone away. It used to be, well, you can borrow my Netflix password. Not anymore. I mean, it's just, it's being so squeezed down to the point that it's more like, no, you can only do it this way and that's the way it's going to be. And when you really boil that down, it just comes down to ka-ching, ka-ching. I've already done it. I've already bought the player. I've already bought the thing. But now I need to pay more in order to watch it. Or I might go on vacation somewhere. I can't get Netflix and such and such and use my existing account to watch. No, you got to get another account. Why? Doesn't. I mean, I get you passing the code word on to your grandparents who live four states away. All right, that might be cheating. I myself upped my account value so that my in-laws can continue to enjoy Netflix. I'm happy to do that for them. But if I'm going to go somewhere for a week, let's say on vacation, I'd like to be able to watch Netflix. I'd like to be able to not watch it on my phone, but watch it on a TV. Why can't I log into my account somewhere else and use my account? No! It's just, it gets stupid. What it comes back to is who has control of the item. I mean, that's what that's what those quotes were about that those directors gave was, and Christopher Nolan especially spoke to it of, if you don't want this to be snatched away from you, you got to have the hard copy. And we do mean hard physical copy. Right. And what's what can be cool about that is that the hard physical copy brings with it Perhaps things that you would not have otherwise with a streaming service. For one, you own it. You have it. It's yours. It might. It's not going to get taken down from some streaming service out of nowhere or all of a sudden the rights to it are exchanged to somewhere else. You've got the copy of it yourself. And what you get with that is then the opportunity to go deeper. If it is uh, something you really appreciate, a, a particular film you really appreciate, Special features are, I think, still appreciated in some circles, like not just among people who are, you know, just consuming the film and then you move on to the next one. If you really like it, I mean, I found it's really nice to have those extra things. For example, I told Dave about how I was willing to put down some extra money for the 50th anniversary box set of Lawrence of Arabia. There was so much that came with that, not just getting a Blu-ray copy of the film, but extra special features that were included in there the soundtrack of the film a disc that that had that this wonderful open up page that open up book that had pages and pages of amazing photos from on set and from the film itself colorized and just spectacular looking given the setting and scenes that were in there and even a little piece of the original film a little piece of, uh, like, just one particular shot from film the original cell. film. Yeah, the film cell itself. Physical. and kept in there. Yeah, the physical element. And it was like, wow, this is so cool that I've got a copy of this. That's some of the stuff that you get with the physical copies of a film that that are still, it, like, if you really appreciate film, are worth stumping for and getting and having the physical copy of because, yeah, You've got control of it now, not a streaming service where you may or may not have it and where it it might move on for some odd reason, where, yes, you might have access to the library and the catalog, but 
you do lose out on some things too. You know, it's 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 one thing to have a movie that you enjoyed, like Mike and Dave need wedding dates. I mean, it's a funny movie, haha. But is it really one of those that's really going to grab you? Maybe it does. But in the case of of Hoove here, I mean, some of those older movies are his favorite favorite movies. Lawrence of Arabia, you mentioned, it is one of your all time favorite movies, and I understand that. I've got my version of those movies too. They touch you in a way that is is rare and special. And movies, in a, we've kind of talked about before, they don't really exist in the physical realm. Not really. I mean, it's a movie. It's a concept. You might own the DVD, but the movie exists beyond that. Having the box, having the disc is okay, but having something going to a set where they actually filmed it, they filmed it in front of the White House, right here is where so-and-so stood, or whatever the case, it makes something that's intangible, tangible. Having a film cell is something that makes something that's intangible tangible, hearing more stories behind the scenes about how the actors are doing a commentary or they're behind the scenes 20 years after they made whatever movie. They're talking, okay, so I was sitting here and this other guy came up and you can't see it in the movie, but I'm trying to not laugh because right off camera, those things make something almost seem more real. I'll add on to that too. If you are a fan of classic films, it's kind of a must that you have to have the hard physical copy. Otherwise, you're waiting for that movie to play on Turner Classic Movies and that you'll get to record it or something or DVR it or whatever you might have as your option for being able to save it and record it. If you like classic films, I, I mean, I'm talking going back to the golden age of Hollywood, but even some films in like the 70s, like you're hoping that maybe Netflix has one or two classic films each cycle, like each month that maybe will appear on there in the quote-unquote classics section. And, and we're coming up to that time of year, Oscar season, they'll tend to bring a lot of classics back, but yeah. it's never enough. It's never enough. No, so if you're a classics films fan, like with some of these services that are out there uh, that are growing, like Paramount+, Plus, HBO Max, um, Peacock, you know, what, whatever, it, you may have them on there, but you got to hope that that studio, Disney+, Plus, same thing, you may you're going to be hoping that 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 studio that that company is attached to that that streaming service is attached to has got access to that classic film and maybe chooses to put it up there otherwise if you're a classic films fan your best hope is to have the hard copy or again like i said to go through that that process of having to record it when it plays. We're, we're skipping quickly over a couple of topics. I want to kind of circle back to one. We you just really briefly touched on it. We're just starting to get into another way. Sorry, I'm pool. passionate no, about no, classic I films. Totally get you, totally get you. <laughs> Let's go back to owning the media. Physical media is best by a lot of reasons. You might, let's say, have purchased a movie on iTunes, let's say. Well, I've already got the movie. Do you have it downloaded? Yeah, good. It's on your tablet. It's on your device. Yeah, totally. Have you done that before? Yes, but- very rarely. I it's think been a I, long, long time since I did that. Like I think my siblings and I maybe did that like two or three times, buying one on iTunes. Yeah, you know, but here's the problem that you're finding out, whether it, again, whether it's music, whether it's a movie, if for whatever reason, wherever you got that movie from, iTunes, let's say Apple loses the rights to Indiana Jones, let's just say. All of a sudden, if you've got it downloaded on your device, okay, that's fine. Well, wait a minute. Maybe it's not so fine. I can cite examples of a song that I've got downloaded that for whatever reason Apple went in and reconfigured it. I had whatever version of a song because like movies there could be different versions and it changed the version of the song I had from what I had for a preference and changed it to something else. So to think they can't go into your device and oh yes they can and yes they do. And how about a movie? Well I already paid for this movie. Did you? Did you really, or did you rent it with a long-term lease, and all of a sudden, now mm. you don't have access to this movie? Well, I didn't download it on my device. I'll just download what I've already... Wait a minute. It's not there anymore. They don't have the rights to it anymore. What you have, quote-unquote, bought, you did not buy. You don't own it. It was a rental, it turns out, and a $20 rental that you had access to for a long time until all of a sudden, one day... It's just gone. That's like buying a physical media copy of Indiana Jones. For whatever reason, Target no longer has the right to sell Indiana Jones on DVD. So some clerk comes to your house in his red shirt and takes Indiana Jones off your shelf. That, if that ever happens, boy, that's where other problems are going to arise. Oh, man. But that's essentially what it has become. Physical media, actually having a disc and a player hooked into your TV, that's the way to go. 
because it's not that it, you own it. I mean, you don't own the rights to the movie, but I own the right to watch this movie anytime I want. And that's what's getting lost with streaming. Like you said, the the control is not ours. Not only with what we talked about earlier of having the access to it to even watch it, if it's on that service that you might have or not. But like you said, even the way it's presented or even if there's a change that's made or which version you're getting. Oh, yeah. With getting to watch that. I mean, we already discussed that with Star Wars. We discussed that you might have a director's cut kind of scenario, like I mentioned with Kingdom of Heaven, where what version of the film are you getting here? It, it's a really big part of it. And it, that's not with every film. No. Nope. That's certainly not with every film. But if it's one that you appreciate and you enjoy, wouldn't it be better if you have a little bit more control over what the entity is and what the film actually is that you have. I absolutely agree. You know, and there's also the, you started to touch on this, so I'll start to swive back to the way you were, I'll zig to where you were zagging, is, so for example, I'm a Star Trek fan, we've brought this up before, Paramount Plus, it's the home of Star Trek. Well, wait a minute, Netflix apparently, they decided, well, we'd like to have some Star Trek for a little bit. All right, there's nothing wrong with that. So Netflix can make a deal with uh, Viacom, CBS. They're going to get Star Trek for a while. All right, fine, so you can Star Trek. Well, wait a minute, Star Trek started to disappear from Paramount+. Plus. I know people that doubt Paramount+, Plus because they wanted to get into Star Trek. All of a sudden, they're just getting into a particular series, and they get a heads up about a week before it disappears. This is going to be gone from Paramount+. Plus. I don't understand, well, we'll get into exclusivity here fairly shortly, but if Star Trek is going to find its forever home on Paramount+, Plus, that's fine, and that's where it should be, because Paramount has the rights to all of Star Trek, all of Star Trek. Why, and for especially for you talking a show from the 1960s, if you're talking the original series, why does that need to be exclusive on Paramount+, Plus or on anything else? If you're going to find it on Paramount Plus, that makes sense because it was made by Paramount Plus. Let's say Netflix wants Star Trek. Fine. You can make a deal for X amount of money. Maybe it's that. Or maybe, hey, we'll, we'll give you this show for six months if you'll give us one of those shows for six months. Deal. No problem. But it's not exclusive. It's going to be available everywhere. So if all of a sudden, not only the exclusivity, 20th Century Fox is now owned by Disney. A lot of those movies, the violent ones, aren't necessarily going to be found on Disney+. Plus. Now, they're starting to work on this uh, Disney adult closet or Hulu or whatever. But, I mean, I think if you are Warner Brothers, you should have every movie available on Max. If you are Disney or 20th Century Fox, which are the same company these days, Every movie should be available at all times. Why these things come and they're available, they're front and center, then they vanish from all streamers everywhere is a real problem. That reminds me of the Disney vault when yes. things would be open and closed back in the day as far as getting released on on video cassette back when they, they would take things out of quote-unquote the vault yeah. and do that. I Dave, I've talked about this before. I, I know I have with you, but I got out ahead of this going on the TV front here quickly. I got out ahead of this long ago with The Office because I saw where things were starting to go as far as it, this is going to eventually not be available on Netflix anymore was what I said to myself. And so it's I was not. Like, okay, you really like this show is what I told myself. You need to go and buy the hard copies of the seasons. And so I went to eBay. I found great deals on the seasons and I got them for myself for cheaper than if I had just paid for them straight up through retail since I went through eBay. And it's been great. Now I have the seasons of The Office. And then I did the same thing with Frasier. Because after I watched Frasier, I was like, this is great. I love this show. It'd be great to find a good deal of it online because this ain't staying on Netflix for forever. And I'm not going to pay for Peacock or for whatever. Like That was the, the issue that I ran into. Or... I think Frasier actually now would be through Paramount Plus because that's where the that's where the new show has been released. So I was like, but there's the issue. I would have to have Peacock to watch The Office. I'd have to have Paramount Plus to watch Frasier. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go get the hard copies. Well, and there comes a point where ex we'll start talking a little bit more exclusivity. Some of that makes sense. Let's talk Netflix. Let's talk Stranger Things. Stranger Things is specifically produced by Netflix for Netflix. I totally get that. That's not to say that one day Max might not be showing Stranger Things. Why not? You get the rights to it? Sure. I mean, right now it's still kind of current. They're getting ready to, they're filming now, I think, the fifth and final season. I get that. But eternally exclusive? 
forever and ever, if you ever, 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 ever want to watch Stranger Things, you need a Netflix account. End of story. I still brought it up a couple that of times. It would be awfully weird if, for instance, let's say Paramount Plus buys the rights to Stranger Things. Like, I don't know how they would. Why not? But, yeah, why not? Or what if there was some kind of crazy merger that well, would think, take place? think about any show or movie that Netflix airs. Most of them aren't by Netflix. Some of them are, but a lot of them aren't. We so what's the about difference? This, we talked about this with 20th Century Fox, and you mentioned it, that they're now under Disney Plus. I mean, But they, they are owned, 20th Century Fox or 20th Century Studios these days, are owned by Fox. But if you are wanting to watch a specific movie, you just can't watch it. I'm, I've got, I think, three or four streaming services that I subscribe to. Why should I subscribe to a fifth if I ever, in my lifetime, want to watch specific movie that was for Apple Plus. I don't subscribe to Apple Plus. Well, if you subscribe to Apple Plus, money, 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 money. I get that. I don't want to cancel a subscription here because I'm still watching stuff there in order to be able to afford or the good conscience to be able to watch just a show I want to watch. And that's, well, there's a free trial. Yeah, for the one and only time. And then when the next thing comes out, they've got the next version of Band of Brothers. I forget what it's called, Airborne or something like that. I'd love to see it right now. It is still coming out, so it's going to be exclusive for a while. Well, how about speaking of Tom Hanks, how about the the Greyhound movie? That's like three or four years old. I've never that's seen it. That's the one you always. I want to see it. Yep. If I don't get Apple Plus, that's it. Stranger Things is on DVD. I mean, not all the seasons, but I think half of them are. So they'll slowly come out. Why isn't this the norm? We're going to have an exclusivity window, not eternal for the rest of time. Have that moment of exclusivity. Hey, this great new show, and if you want to see it, it's only here. That was no difference between having Showtime or HBO when you were younger. And you're never going to see this show on Showtime, but six months later, it wouldn't matter because it was on VHS. You could rent it at the store and see it that way. That was Masters of the Air. By the way, Masters is, of that, the Air, is yeah. that new, I the new see show that. that's coming out? I really want to see that, too. But isn't that streaming only? It's streaming only today because it's a brand new show because it's just coming out right now. That's the exclusivity window. Window being the key phrase here. But it's not. it doesn't matter because it's the only place it will ever be shown. If you're looking at Greyhound as a template, it will only be there. Now, here's the parallel I was just giving you. Stranger Things, no difference with that on Netflix. Netflix is like, hey, this the first couple seasons, people have seen it, people have seen it, and people have seen it. Let's put it out on DVD so that people that don't have Netflix, they, we're still going to get money from it because if they want to see it, they got to buy the DVD, and there's not a rent, rental store anymore. So we're still going to get the money. Everybody wins. It's not you must subscribe here and keep subscribing in order to watch Stranger Things for five years or whatever it was. Yeah, that's all the way you could watch the newer versions of Stranger Things. But the first couple seasons, they're on DVD. You can buy them. You can watch them. You can own them. But that some seems to be not the case with others. Now, talking of video stores, we were talking about how these things need to be made available. Those of you that are kind of getting into the streaming service, and this is kind of all you know, let's take you into the Wayback Machine when video stores were a thing. We already talked about the social element of things. And it was always the real sexy part of the show that was where all the new releases were. And there'd be like 19 different copies of whatever movie because everybody wanted to see the James Bond movie or something that had come out roughly six months before they were new releases on video is when they were about a year actually. No, HBO and and so forth would get it. Cable TV six months later and a year after it came out was when you'd get it at the video store. There we go. Okay, so this thing is now out. And you want to go see it. Okay, well, there might not be a copy available because there was only 20 and 25 people came into the store. Oh, man, that's too bad. Well, that's okay. Come back on a Thursday rather than a Friday or Saturday. Odds are good it's going to be there. And that was part of the fun of it. But everything else, oh, you know, that's not here. But how about let's go back and watch one of the old Bond movies. They were there. They weren't, well, we're going to take this one out of rotation. Why take it out of rotation? Literally, I, I, this would be a good deep dive. Ask Siri, how many movies just in the United States have ever been made ever? How many TV shows, series have ever been made ever? I've got to think we're coming up on a million, maybe. There's almost like a cable television element to that, Dave. You know how certain movies get into rotation on cable TV networks? Well, let me, let me that finish. They'll, that they'll show them. Like yeah. that, that's what I think of with that is that they get into this rotation or they're out of it then. Well, let me finish this, this thought, though. 
I don't understand why there's any difference between a streaming service and generally a video store. Video stores literally have limited capacity. There's only shelves to hold a thousand movies, let's say. When you get to that point, well, we just don't have room yeah, for I anything see, else. I see your point. We'd there. have to build another store next door to hold everything. So right. we just, I, I, I get I that. see where you're going with it. If yeah. you're on a streaming service, you are literally having everything digitized in a streaming server. Why can't you have a room that would probably be literally the size of a blockbuster video that literally holds? Holds every single movie and show that you own the rights to, and they're available. If you're on whatever streaming service and you want to watch something that you have the rights to, whether it's your show, it's Warner Brothers, let's say, so Max should have the rights to every Warner Brothers show or movie ever made, ever. And whatever, just to freshen it up, we're going to bring in a couple of universal movies just because we want to get a couple of different things. Fine. Why are these things disappearing at all. You know, the sad thing about that is that the entities that do have that ability and exist out there are pirated ones. They are illegal ones where you go through them to be able to access all of that. That is the abundantly sad thing. I saw a funny meme that almost rings true. If buying the physical media, buying a song, buying a movie, buying a game isn't really owning it, then pirating it really isn't illegal. Oh, that oh, just no. cooked your egg, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm not condoning. I'm just saying because you kind of yeah, get the impression. Uh, I want to be able to. No, you can't. You know, I, I get this as a business. I get that. But there also comes a point where common sense seems to be left in the wake. And it's all about the money. It doesn't matter what, what ink cartridge I put in my printer. It shouldn't matter. But now it does. You need to buy ours. Well, yours are twice as expensive as the other guy. I know. <laughs> well, 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 then I don't want to buy your stuff. Well, it's too late. You already have the printer. Same thing with a Keurig machine. If you don't get their pods, you're not going to be having coffee this morning. I know you and I have talked about this before, but it reminds me of those PSAs that would play at the beginning of videos or DVDs. The piracy is not a victimless crime. I'm not advocating. And how intense those would be sometimes, or the way that they used Casablanca one time for one of them. Um, and yeah, and talking about the uh, Rick and Ilsa and their interactions, and then like using that to frame like the piracy topic that was discussed, but. I, I think of that because with streaming, it's no wonder that there's been some pushback from studios and from directors there because it's not just for the consumer where it's out of their control. Sometimes for the actual creator of that entity, of that film, they feel like they're losing control in some ways there too. It, and we just we read some of these quotes here earlier in this uh, in this podcast that I bet that's where some of this comes from too. Is there like it's not just thinking of the consumer. They're thinking of themselves and this project that they created, yes, under a studio that has control of it too, but they're going, hey, we don't have the same kind of control that maybe we would have had otherwise. Or like our individual project, our individual creation is not really as individual as it maybe once used to be. Well, I kind of go back to when I was a kid. I used to have a video library that I had taped off of, I don't know, TV or whatever. I would watch a movie on HBO and just hit record, and it was for two hours. It was great. Sometimes a movie I wanted to see was on cable or on NBC when they used to do movie Sunday nights. I would have to watch it, and when they get to the commercial, pause it, and they get back to record it because I wanted to watch it. Well, wait a minute. In a way, looking at it the way they look at it now, wouldn't that be piracy, especially if it came off of NBC? I mean, I paid for the – or my parents did at that age – paid for the VCR and the TV, and NBC was free. Well, then you you, you didn't pay for this, but you're going to watch this anytime you want? Yeah. Back in 1980-whatever, who cared? That was what everybody was doing. Now, if you somehow have a version, a copy of this thing that you didn't technically pay for, you had HBO for a month, but you taped it off the free preview weekend? Well, wait a minute. You didn't pay for so is it really piracy? How do you define it from that regard? All I want is access to what I want. I'll pay for it. Absolutely no problem. But when you yank the rug out from under me, I want to watch what I want to watch. End of story. And if you're going to yank the rules and change the rules, then I might take a copy of what I can get. So when I want to watch it, play it, see it, hear it, I can. You know, what's? I don't understand what is. Some people want to say it's illegal if you owned a CD of a whatever album, the Beatles' White Album, you ripped the songs off and put it into iTunes. Well, no, you didn't buy it off of iTunes. So what? I've already bought it off of CDs. If you really didn't want me to take the music off the CD, why give me the option to rip the music off the CD in your own program in the first place? Here's 
another practical thought. Not from- condoning piracy. Let me be clear. Not condoning or advocating for piracy. Let me be clear. Thank you for that disclaimer, Mr. Brooks. Yes. Here- <laughs> nice to get my name in there. So they- <laughs> Was that Hoove that was advocating? No, that was Brooks. No. No, he was not. Let me throw in another practical thought here. Let's say that for some reason, the streaming, the, the whole streaming structure changes drastically in the future or even goes away it, it's, at some point in the future. Like for some reason, let's say it goes away. What happens to those direct to streaming items? Like they get lost in the ether then, you know? And, and that's some of where for Netflix specific created things or Paramount Plus specific created things or for any of those, that's where, or Apple TV Plus, you know, for instance, there's a, a place that I love buying movies from, hard copies of movies, this, this great website Plug that it. I go to. And they, yeah, it's, it's called ccvideo.com that I, that I love to go to, like great library that you can go to there of even special editions of movies that you type in. Well, you told me before the podcast, you were like, go look up Greyhound for me. I was like, okay. So I went it and searched it. It wasn't there. And it wasn't there. It wasn't there because Why? It's only been through Apple Plus. It's only been through Apple TV Plus that it's been released. It's been like there, five years, something like that. There, it doesn't seem. Maybe there are hard copies of it that are out there. I can't it, find there, them. It's it is hard to find that with the why? Because it was created for streaming. It was created through streaming. What happens if the streaming, the whole streaming idea breaks down? What happens to some of those that have been specific? To just that. Well, and we're already starting to see that happen now. We're st- everybody and their mother. They were getting a streaming channel, and then it has disappeared. Take for example, this isn't quite a movie thing, but it will explain my scenario. The WWE Pro Wrestling, the WWE Network. You can subscribe for ten bucks a month to the W. Well, then they weren't getting as many sales as they wanted, so they gave exclusive rights to all of that to Peacock. So now if you had Peacock, you had access to the WWE Network. You could subscribe prior to that to the Peacock Network, pre-WWE for 10 bucks, and the WWE Network for 10 bucks. That's 20 bucks all in. Now it got merged together for 10 bucks a month. So you're getting like twice the content for half of that. Just announced like yesterday, the WWE will have all of their events, including their live shows, which have been shown on i forget which cable network usa i think starting i forget exactly when it starts it's all going to netflix all of it i got everything i got good news for you dave there are hard copies of greyhound oh we're talking about that after this is over so you're talking about having uh the accessibility is i started i lost my train of thought when you brought that up because now i'm thinking about greyhound which is yeah sorry i i gave that's okay that's i'll take the good news the idea is the idea, I think, still does stand that if, if you want to have hard copies of films like that that are direct to streaming, it is harder to find those. Or people almost have to kind of manufacture them on their own in different ways. And, like, what do you have then? Well, and I just remember my point was coming things are already merging together. You've got uh, AMC+. Plus. They want to do their own thing. They're not making the money they want. They're already talking with other groups to merge together. We're already seeing the possibility. Now, Hulu is the majority stake owner is Disney anyway, and they had others. Hulu was supposed to be like Switzerland when it came to streaming, that everybody owned a little bit, and that was the initial start. And now it's mostly Disney, and there's talk that that might become basically the 20th century, the adults yeah, version of Disney+. Plus. Because of those Hulu, Disney+, Plus, yeah. ESPN+, Plus bundles that are out there. Yeah. But if you're going to get, let's say, Max is struggling, Paramount Plus is struggling, there's talk that they're going to merge together into one streaming. So, all right, that's fine. But then you start running into the issues of exclusivity, even within the deal between Max, which is Warner Brothers, and Paramount Plus, which is Viacom, CBS. All right, well, does that mean that the Star Trek is always going to be there? No, not necessarily, because it's disappearing and then it's coming back. You're loaning the rights to Netflix, but then it disappears from Paramount Plus in order for that to happen because it's exclusive. Well, what happens when these mergings continue? You 
you started to see like 100 different streaming services. They've whittled it down to 50. Some have just straight up vanished and went away. There's nothing there. So anything special they had is just kind of right now lost in the woods. Maybe one day it'll come back around. Maybe. And other things are merging. But then a lot of things like 20th Century Fox titles, particularly more adult-like titles that are violent or have a lot of Effenheimers, they're not putting that on Disney+. Plus. you got to be out of your mind. Although although, uh, uh, Deadpool is on Disney+. Plus. I'm waiting for some kid to accidentally click on that and realize it's not the superhero movie he thought it was going to be. I know with that new Marvel series that is streaming right now, like you have to make sure you have a certain filter yep. adjusted like for the mature filter for the content of something like that yeah. or probably the same thing with something like Deadpool. But, but the I, point is, I hope. The point was the same thing that James Cameron brought up. A lot of movies just are not available. And in the 20th Century Fox movies, many of them are great examples because they don't really fit with the mold of Disney+. Plus. They're, they're too adult. Well, where are you going to put them? Well, and then that's where it runs into problems. Maybe Netflix wants to get a handful of maybe 100 20th Century Fox movies. Some of them show up over there. Some of them show up on Mac. Some of them show up on wherever. Or what if I want to watch a classic? This goes back to my point earlier. What if I want to watch a classic 20th Century Fox film from like the 50s? I want to watch both versions of West Side Story, not just the new Spielberg one, but the Robert Wise version from 1960, 60, was that the first movie that came out? In the 60s. It yep. was in the 60s, but was it 1960? Late 50s? Oh, it doesn't matter. Hang on. I want to watch all versions, and I want to make up my own mind which one I like better. Well, the Spielberg one is out there. You can watch that one, but the original West Side Story... Boy, I hope you have it on DVD. 1961. 61. I was close. All right. So there's that. What about all the Psycho movies, the original from 1960? The sequels were okay. And then there was Psycho 4 that was made exclusively for Showtime TV. That was made available on DVD and on VHS at the time. Is it streaming anywhere? Nope. Not that I can find. Now, I've got it on DVD, but if I don't have it on DVD, like my copy of Dogma or 10 other movies, if I can't find it on DVD, I'm not going to watch it, maybe ever. I talked about having that same struggle with one of the Harry Palmer movies from the 1960s with Michael Caine, where I was having a lot of trouble tracking down a way to be able to watch it in a streaming manner. I'm... I'm trying to remember, it was either the Ipcris file or it was Funeral in Berlin or just it was one of those. But I had a hard time being able to find it to be able to watch like a streaming version of it, even through like something like YouTube movies. I couldn't find it through that. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to where I know I can buy it for retail and have my own copy of the Ipcris file. And now I have it. So it, that's if you want to be able to access it, sometimes the simplest and best way is to own it. And, and and you don't have to pay that recurring fee of the per month. Just pay it straight up. I'll tell you, this is where it could go. And then we'll we'll follow we'll we'll dovetail off of that to some more positive territory. Let's talk cars for just a second. To get away from movies, but this is this could happen to cars, a version of this. We're to movies. Let's say you get a real sexy sports car. Oh, I thought you were talking about the movie cars. It's got a moon roof on it. It's got heated seats on it. That's nice. You paid extra to get all that stuff, right? But if you want it to work, if you want to hit the button and make the moonroof open, if you actually want your heated seat to heat up, you need to have a subscription fee. To the point where if you want your media device to work on your car, that little device, the little screen thing, you better subscribe for this package and that package and that package. Otherwise, basically you have an engine and the Man. car, the wheels will turn, and that's about it. Maybe Man, your windows don't even roll down. That's taking the Sirius XM concept and am, applying it all over the car. I am not kidding. This is happening. So why don't you think this won't be the case when it comes to media, music, TV, movies? This is where it starts turning positive. Let's take The Simpsons, for example. When 20th Century Fox was purchased by Disney, all of a sudden The Simpsons, well, we're going to get The Simpsons. Hey, they're going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yay! Well, let's go back now for the younger kids. TV screens back in the day were almost square. That's, I mean, not quite. They were slightly wider than a square, but that's pretty much what they were. So when you're watching a lot of the earliest first half of The Simpsons, their aspect ratio is almost a square. So you got a gap on the side and a gap on the side. You're not missing anything. That's the way it was. At some point, they started doing the more widescreen version because most flat screen TVs and HD TVs, they had that aspect ratio. Right. That's why that is the case. So wait a minute. Disney Plus, when they first started doing this, they didn't want the gaps on the side. So what did they do? They literally cropped part of the image 
so that it would fit the screen. Here's a really perfect example. There's a meme of this. You can look it up. There's a really good joke where Homer goes to visit the Duff Brewery, and you're looking at the giant canisters filling with Duff, but the funny part was cut out of the Disney version because it was at the very top of the screen. You've got one spigot pouring into, like, Duff Dry and Duff not dry, whatever, but they're coming out of the same pipe, but you didn't see that joke because it was at the top of the screen and that was cut off because it was easier to just keep the gaps on the side where they were supposed to be. Rather than that, it was just easier to cut the image and make it fit the screen that way. So we'll just cut the top and the bottom a little bit, but you lost the joke and you'll lose all other stuff. Back in the day, movie screens are a lot wider than TV screens were in the day. So they did the pan and scan. You lost all the stuff on the side, but you got the letterbox on the top and the bottom. That was what was called the letterbox. Dave, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Now you see it. Just classic. That's one of the best jokes, and it never made it to Disney Plus. Now, where did the positive side of this come in? People complained. They said, wait a minute. And people were taking screen grabs and setting it. And there was enough uproar that Disney said, all right, hold on. We're going to redo this. We're going to fix it. And now you can watch these episodes and it's okay. They're the way they're supposed to be. But also at the same time, there are certain episodes that are no longer available anymore because of this reason or that reason, because people get easily offended or there's something that hasn't aged very well. You know, I, I get that. You know, very recently, Bart is no longer being strangled by Homer anymore. That's, you know, that's probably a good cause. Does that mean that all of them in the past should be removed or those scenes excised or any episode where that is featured be excised? Wait a minute. If we're really that sensitive, put a disclaimer in the front. Look, guys, this is the way it was then. We're not condoning it, but here's what it was. Enjoy. Please try not to be offended. It's not our fault. And just watch it at your own peril but to have everything removed is another thing. That's yes. where, that we're, again, that's we're where the back. control issue comes yes. in. Yes. Owning your own versions is the absolute fail safe and to have that option, but also to demand what you want. And if that's the only option they're going to give you, don't subscribe to it. Oh, I want this version. You can't have it. Then I, you've lost my subscription. Enough people do that. All of a sudden, you start realizing, well, maybe we should rethink this thing. It happens before, it will happen again. Let's bring this back full circle as okay. we wrap up the episode. I think when when I see a story like that Oppenheimer sold out almost immediately when it was released. It tells you something. It does tell you something. That That's encouraging. It's really encouraging to see consumers appreciating the hard copy nature of a film. And that they see, or that even something like the limited edition was going so quick that... I have a few movies, like special limited edition copies of them that I have stumped to purchase, which I talked about with the uh, with Lawrence of Arabia and with doing that. It is nice to see that consumers do appreciate that. Going back to what you talked about earlier with vinyl and the way vinyl's made a comeback in that way, that people do see that there's more than just access through something like Spotify or through Apple Music. Which, by the way, if you listen to us through those, we appreciate you. Yes, Thank you. very much. It is nice to see, though, that people do appreciate something like vinyl, or they appreciate the tangible qualities that come with owning a film. Do you say we need to put this podcast on a vinyl option? Is that what you're trying to say? Who? You know, that would be kind of cool if I don't we think could we pull could, that I don't off. think we could burn a CD in this building, let alone put it on vinyl. One of the reasons why I started to make started to purchase hard copies and have my own library of movies, going beyond just having it for myself, was the tangible quality of being able to share it with somebody. I love when I'm like, hey, I've got that. I'll loan it to you. Or better still, when you have people over or you're showing somebody a movie for the first time and you go, I have it. Let's watch it. There are qualities like that that are never gone with this, and that is part of what makes movie going a fun experience. Whether you, we talked about communal this, experience. we talked about the communal side of movie going back when we were saying, back when you and I fought for the theater, when we when we fought for the general concept of the movie theater, was that the tangible qualities of film going need not go away with the changing times. And the same thing applies with the tangible experience of owning the movie after the fact. It need not go away, and there are communal parts that... Are there communal parts to the streaming experience? Certainly. Absolutely. But there are things that are 
are lost when you don't have the physical copy you're, of the film. You're limited. You know, Hoove and I both work in radio broadcasting. So you turn on your radio or whatever device, and you're going to hear what we're presenting as a show. We're in charge. That's the way that is. All right, that's fine. You have the option to hear those exact same things or songs or whatever in a different way when you want. You absolutely do. And that's the difference. You have a way to sit back and just be presented as we are going to present it to you. Or you can do it your own way in your own perspective. You can read the same sports stories from a different slant. You can hear the same songs in a different way. You have that option. When Taylor Swift, something she's doing in the last couple of years that I really, really appreciate, she's taking power back. The person that, or the company that is owned by a guy that doesn't that really owns the rights to all of her original music, but let's just say isn't treating her all that well. Well, these are all my songs now. That you wrote them, they're your songs, but they're really my songs. I own the rights. They're she said her songs. She it's said her music. She said, "Oh yeah, she's redone all of these albums with more coming. So they're pretty much the same recording, same style, but slightly tweaked, new masters, and they're hers." And to enormous acclaim and appreciation from her fans. It, it's They're worked. Buying, and here's the other part. Well, why would I buy the same album again because dot 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 and they're like you know what yeah and they are these albums are getting re-released the new versions and it's resonating albums are now available in a physical media it's only a matter of time before stuff when they when the streamers start getting stupid like the music industry is this is going to be a revolt that'll spread there have the long game in perspective and realize look i know we're trying to penny pinch everybody let's not completely push their backs to the wall and and insert your most favorite insult. Let's try to get some money out of this, but if we lose perspective, this is going to come back and bite us in the butt. They just don't see that coming. The music industry is starting to feel it now. I don't know why that's not translating to movies and TV shows and that kind of thing. If they're not careful, it will. I don't condone piracy. (laughs) Thank you again for another reminder of that. To close out this episode. But I do condone putting down your hard-earned money to go see some of the newer movies that you haven't had a chance to see yet because the Bemidji CEC Theaters, that's where the big ones in 2020. Argyle is the next one I'm looking forward to. That's next weekend, I think. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Nice transition there, Dave. You like how I did that? Good way to get that plug in there. Broadcasting professionalism or something, despite the rants. It's like we've done this a few times, (laughs) yeah. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. There's a lot to look forward to, including with the Oscars, like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Maybe there's a lot to look forward to as far as getting those favorite copies of movies of yours that, that you like out there. And if you need to... Get yourself a DVD player. The day will come that they'll make the last one. I hope that isn't going to come. I hope it's like vinyl record players. More people actually own records than they own the ability to listen to those records. Make sure that they ever announce, well, the last DVD player is coming out of Japan right now. Get one. Get one. And you can find DVDs for cheap all over. What was that website? CC what? CCvideo.com. CCvideo.com. Yeah. Places like that. There's a, there's a lot of places out that video re- movie video retailers that are out there that have... A wide variety, like the library is just immense. A lot of places you can find them for less than full price, whether it's pawn shops or whatever the case, resale markets, they do exist. Build up a video library and what you're the favorites that you love that you absolutely need. I'm going to watch this movie at least once a year. Well, now you can. So if it's not on Netflix this month or any other streamer, it doesn't matter because you got it. The home theater can be pretty fun. You know that very well, Dave. I mean this metaphorically. Come on to our house. We'll show you. But then if you just show up in the middle of the night, it gets kind of creepy. So don't really. Exactly. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And we will see you at at the the movies. movies.